All right, yes. Welcome to the Mike Goldman Show. Today, we chat to the latest evictee from the house, Sam Bramham, talking about Sandra, Travis, and the boys' fights, who he thinks will win. Also, we get Sam talking about his life as a Paralympian, the upcoming games in Brazil, and when he met Oscar Pistorius. So let's get into it. Fire it up. It's the latest Civic D from the Big Brother house, Sammy. Hey, mate. Hello. Good. Oh, How are you? mate. I'm just answering questions without you even asking them. My head's gone mental. <laughs> my uh, my stinky little voiceover booth here at the side <laughs> of the, uh, the the Big Brother stage welcomes you. Uh, it's plush. <laughs> How you been? Are you having fun out there or what? Yeah, man. Look, it's been an absolute rush since coming out. Um, you know, it's it's just been go, 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 go with yeah. interviews and this and that. And what are they all saying? Man. Mainly about Sandra and I, um, what I thought about the whole Lawson Cat situation, who are my best mates in the house, who I think would win. Okay, let's get you to answer all those questions for us and just get them out of the way so we're not missing anything. From my perspective, uh, she liked you, you got along really well with her, she wanted more, you have a girlfriend who you'd love and adore on the outside if she's listening. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> and even if she isn't listening, you do, and, and nothing happened. Nothing was in it. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, I think, uh, you know, at the start of the game, um, I, when I later found out that Sandra had feelings for me, not from her. Like, I hinted yeah. a few times because she said, dropped a couple of things. Um, but I heard from Ryan and then Katie that she told him that she had feelings. And for me, it was a little bit kind of, it didn't make me uncomfortable. It was just, I was worried that friendship would get damaged because of it. Mm. Um, but luckily it wasn't. And I think that she was just caught up in the whole, you know, at the start of the game, it was like everyone was just hooking up with everyone. It was just a big, yeah. like, nush fest. So, that sometimes happens. Yeah. Completely. When people head to Coomera. Yeah. Not just a big brother house. There's something to do with this Coomera area. I'm sure she'll be fine. I think if she was really that hung up on you, would she have Leo in the spa like she did? Yeah, exactly. That's yeah, a thing. Come on. Yeah, like it was just a bunch of fun. I mean, everyone had so much fun in there at the end of the day, and I'm just so lucky that I had, you know, someone to really lean on in there, and vice versa. Um, I was asked a lot of the time in the house by Big Brother, you know, was it a burden, you know, having a, you know, her going through her emotional yeah. roller coaster all the time. Um, but no, it, was, it felt nice. The fact that she, you know, what felt comfortable to talk to me about those things. Um, so the fact that I could help her with situations felt good. Yeah, so uh, what about the whole uh, Lawson cat thing? What's your take on that? <laughs> um, well, my take is totally different uh, since coming out of the house, now that I've found out you know, what actually happened in that sanctuary. There was a lot of, uh, while we are in the house, uh, we weren't told what happened. Um, and I later found out that Kat had a power play to choose to show that video or not, which I don't blame her for. Like, yeah. why would you show a video of you hooking up with you exactly. know, a guy with a girlfriend? But uh, he came out and played it down like it was he's upset about his mum and, you know, really came to us for support. To, but to know he did that, you know, and that poor chick, yeah, it's devastating for her. But, uh, look, it's, it's his bed that he slept in, no pun intended, and he's going to have to make it, so pay your piper. But what's bizarre to me is he knows he did something wrong. He went to the diary room. He had to cry about it. Mm. And he felt like he'd let his family down, his mother, who isn't with us anymore. Mm. And, and still, he'll, he'll go out there in the house and they, they sort of cuddle up to each other. And, and it's, it's not like they're kissing or doing anything you know, late at night in the bedrooms, but there's, there's still stuff going on there. Yeah, it absolutely. must be really hard for his girlfriend to watch. Well, that's the thing. I, you know, just my heart goes out to the girl. I mean, for anyone to have to watch that, mm. rough, absolutely rough. Um, and you think, you know, Kat being a 30-year-old woman coming out of divorce herself mm. would know a little bit better. Yeah. Uh, but Lawson's a big boy. He made his own decisions. And yeah. But at the same time, I mean, Lawson did say he broke up with her the week before he went into the house and then they got back together. And no one really truly knows what the situation is with Lawson and his girlfriend because he hasn't really gone into it in great detail as far as 
I can tell. I don't know. Maybe he did with you. Yeah. Uh, but but from from him saying that they broke up before he went into the house and then got back together, then it's obviously not on on a stable ground. Well, we we had a conversation about this in the treehouse one time. You know, just during one of our awkward, uncomfortable ramblings. That's why you're so amusing, Lawson. Yeah. As a weirdo, and I loved it. But I was, so are you, and you're both weirdos completely. together. Yeah, that's why we match completely. I want to be in your weirdo club. <laughs> I think I'd fit in. Um, yeah. So like, I, ch- I asked him like, and this is after the sanctuary. I said, you know, what's going on uh, with your girlfriend on the outside? Man, we haven't had a proper chat about it. It's been up and down, just as you said. And he said, yeah, look, we broke up, got back together, um, but it's now just moving forward with it. Tell me, tell me about the uh, the friction in the house at the moment because there's a bit of drama going on between Ryan and Travis. They had that fight while they were playing bocce the other day because Travis said something about Ryan's sister. Yeah. And what did Ryan say? about Travis's family member because I didn't quite get that. Well, this is what happened. So it was a uh, Saturday night party and, um, you know, the, the girls went up. Sky took a couple of people up into the tree house for a little chat. And for a joke, Ryan and I got up on the stairs and listened in, just like everyone used to. Yeah. And uh, Travis walked past and goes, I'd rather fist my own auntie then listen in. And we've, all, we've both gone, that's weird, Fisher and Arnie. Like, come on, Arnie Fister, that's gross. And we started playing bocce. And yeah. we're going, oh, it's your turn, Auntie oh, Fister. Oh, that was him starting it, saying Auntie Fister. Yeah, completely. Right. So we, we did bait him, on, like, which is fair enough. Uh, I'm sorry, un, which was quite unfair. Like, we'll bait him. But he said Auntie Fister first. Absolutely. And you just went along with it. And so, yeah, we're going, oh, okay, Auntie Fister, it's your turn. And he spanned around to Ryan and said, I'd, actually, I'd rather fist your sister. And anyone will fire up in that point, oh. man. You can't make personal And then there were fisty cuffs. Almost. 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 Ryan calmed down. Um, and, yeah, Trav tried to come up and apologize. And uh, Ryan handled it very maturely. He was like, man, I'll speak to you in the morning. I'm just too heated right now. Mm. Um, but, yeah, Trav definitely did himself a, lot of, himself a lot of damage that night. That's for sure. Yeah, but to the Australian public, he didn't because he's the most popular person at the moment. Well, that's where it's weird. Like, I've got a complex about the guy. I actually like him. Yeah, um, yeah he was exhausting in the house because he was just go, go, go. Mm. But on the outside, yeah, I could have, to have a beer with the guy because yeah. it's fun and exciting. Everyone has friends like that that you hang out with a couple of times a week, but you don't live with them. Yeah. You love them because they've got so much energy. They're so much fun to be around. But when it's time to say goodnight, you don't have to sleep in the same bed next to them. That's a thing. And you're with him 24 hours of the day. So, um, yeah, he was just go 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 and he, he caused a lot of friction there with a lot of the other housemates too um, but look I thought he was a nice guy but we just didn't match up in the house who's your tip to win now do you think Ryan he's finally building some momentum yeah. more so than I've, I've when he first house. went into the house I, I was over him I'm like why isn't this guy doing anything he's yeah. not saying anything but now he's doing his frozen chicken How that? Yeah, he's, <laughs> he's, he's having run-ins with Travis actually speaking up for himself and saying what his opinions in the house and that's what I, I love when a housemate does that kind of stuff mm. and to me I could, I could see you know coming on the home stretch him being a winner so let's yeah. go what about sky what's your take on her um she's smarter than people think she is yeah it's, she's definitely socially intelligent she knows what she's doing in there yeah um she knows how to really switch it on and, and be entertaining when she wants to but god she can throw a nanny when she wants to as well yeah um absolutely crack them and it was sometimes like dealing with a little kid um but then she can mature right up and i saw a mature side of sky come out of the out of the woodwork when she approached Ryan and I she's like sometimes I feel that you guys don't want to talk to me and mm. this and that so I really respected her for that mm. that she saw a concern for the friendship but um, yeah I reckon she's going to do quite well is there a secret running joke in the house where you guys are overfeeding her yeah yeah absolutely well, what's with that uh, well that was during the hotel task um, so what happened there she managed to pump down this is by herself yeah. 35 chocolate bars in one day 35 chocolate bars in a day yeah so we're like I mean I don't I don't want to say 
that you know, she's put on weight because then they'll say, oh, you can't say that about a girl. But she has. Man, she plumped up. Every, even yeah. she's admitting it. Yeah, completely. Um, so we, we you know, kept feeding her because it was entertainment for us, seeing how many she could put down. We had kept her wrappers <laughs> and fo- like sort of counted. And they got to the point where she was denying them. So what we do is we stir a whole flake into the coffee that she ordered. <laughs> so we're feeding her coffee th- uh, chocolates through coffee. Oh, no. So even Leo, who was the PT, came in and he's yeah. like, yeah, man, in five days you'll start to see that weight being put on. And you saw it. In five days you definitely yeah, did. She pumped up, so she's working it off now. And and how's Leo fitting in? When he first entered the house, um, same sort of thing as Ryan. I thought, who's this guy? He's like talking like he's a motivational speaker, saying, you know, he's healthy living and meditating and working out in the gym and protein bars. And you know, he'd wake up in the morning, he'd look in the mirror, and he'd go, oh no. And he, we'd see his abs chiseled looking in the mirror, but he'd think he'd put on a little bit of weight. And mm. I'm like, who is this guy? But the last, say, few days, he sort of started to come around and start to look like a, a normal person. Yeah, yeah, completely. Um, when he first came in, yeah, you're right, he was just so weighty and philosophical and metaphorical about everything. Trying to be the hero of everything. All the time, yeah. like, talk at us, not with us. And, um, like, for example, when he came in, you know, it was simple as, like, oh, so, because we are excited, there was a new person in the yeah. house, more content, stuff to chat about. Yeah. And I remember saying to him, like, oh, so when did you meet your girlfriend? He goes, man, you know, it wasn't about that. It was how we connected. We yeah. had this great bond. <laughs> I'm like, man, just tell me how you met. Like, so it was exhausting. Yeah. And um, he saw that in Jake's video, uh, goodbye video. Jake basically said, man, just drop all that crap and just talk to people. Just be open. Yeah. I think um, he took it on board. He did straight away. Like the next morning, he was like, I'm going to go around to every individual and ask, you know, what the deal is. And everyone was honest with him back. And, yeah, he became a really cool guy to hang out yeah, with. Very knowledgeable, too. That's nice. Um, so uh, what about um, Jason? A lot of people thought he was an early tip to win, and but he's sort of become a little bit of a gosper in the house. Is, is that his way of playing the game, do you think? Well, for me, uh, JC Boy, like at the start, I thought, yeah, shoe in for sure. Um, you know, another gay guy taking Big Brother away. Yeah. <laughs> um, but now, look, he was, because he got along with everyone so yeah. well um, with us. But then about two weeks into it, he'd ha- start hovering around people's conversations. And mm. yeah, he did take things that people said and misconstrue them as well. And, you know, yeah, gossip. Um, and yeah, I could see how that did him in a little bit. I haven't seen he's it from the outside. He's a funny guy, though, but, like his old Manuel thing. Oh, man, he's and, a more of his funny side of his personality comes out, and I'm sure there's a lot more of that to see. Mm. I think Australia's going to fall more and more in love with him. Yeah, um, so what about uh, the other guys that is, are still stuck in the house? Is there anyone that's, uh, you, you think, playing the game a little too much, is just there for the money, or you know, any, anyone like maybe Priya, who's a bit, there's a bit more of her personality that she's, she's not giving away? Yeah, Bria definitely calmed down. Um, she uh, really started to cool her jets. And um, honestly, it was a surprise that she was saved. Um, but it's, that's where it's so unpredictable. You can never sort of predict things and um, you know, anticipate anything in there. Um, but with some of the others, yeah, I, Dave, I mean, he, I formed a good uh, friendship with him from the start. And then he had his session with Tim in the sanctuary, came out as Strategy Dave, as we like to call him. Because yeah. uh, it was just about, this is what you got to do. <laughs> strategy Dave. And we had a... a, a like a little argument and we're sorting it out and at the end of our conversation after you know fixing everything he said um, oh look I just wanted to smooth this out because I didn't want you to waste your power play on me out of anger when you can really put to good use I'm like man like we've just fixed an argument now you're talking about my power play like it's a bit off oh strategic strategic That's, well there's a lot of money at stake you've yeah. got to be strategic yeah but then he came good like he um, after that eviction that this episode in the spa with Lisa um, yeah he came good after that um, and uh, yeah he's, I was getting along with him again so it's sad that I had to leave what a shame it almost come to an end but, but I think a lot of Australia what happens especially when you're voting to save 
negative, they go, oh, he'll be fine. But someone like Travis, who's been having a run-in, definitely needs help because he could go this week. Mm. That's probably why he had so many votes and a lot of votes that would have gone to you and just saved your ass. But it didn't. Yeah. Oh, man, look, I was ready. Like, yeah. I really was. Enough. Um, yeah, you're gonna train anyway. You got you got the Paralympics coming up. Yeah, we're having too much beers and lentils and stuff. But uh, now, look, I, like um, I got to leave um, having met some great friends, which I honestly didn't think would happen. I met some really cool people in there, which I'm gonna. Who are the main ones that you hang out again with outside the house? Ryan Lawson, Sandra, definitely. Yeah. Um, can't wait to see those three again and just hang out. Um, but yeah, you're come- gonna introduce Sandra to your missus and see how that goes. <laughs> can I, and can I film it? Yeah, absolutely, man. Come along for the ride; it'll be fun. <laughs> Let's set it up a bit. Oh, that's um, good. To, good to know that you've uh, made some relationships in there that will continue. I mean, that's all yeah. what it's all about, the experience. Unless, of course, you get closer to that money. So you're getting updated on all the news. What's shocked you about what's happened since you've been in the house? Well, like, honestly, you just have these predictions where something big has happened. You know, this thing just haunting you. But um, definitely the uh, the Hawks winning the uh, the grand final, that was a big bit of Again, news. Again, two yeah, in a row. It's killing it. Um, so, uh, you know, what's going on over in the Middle East, the situation between, between Ukraine and Russia, um, mm. the Oscar Pistorius situation, man. I mean, that was something. Yeah. Like, I met the guy a couple of times. Oh, um, really? What's he like? I, look, I honestly didn't have too much to do with him, but he was nice enough. Hmm. Um, I heard stories from other athletes that, yeah, it was like you know a bit of a funny duddy, but man, it's just a shame what happened there, and uh, yeah, um, just a tragedy. When when you met him, whereabouts were you? Where did you meet him? Uh, at the Beijing Paralympics hmm. um, back in two thousand eight. And what were you just at the bar having a beer and hey, yeah, just, just, yeah, just shooting around. You're that you know? model guy from <laughs> South Africa. <laughs> no, I was in the village actually. He was uh, obviously there competing and running, and um, yeah, just chatted with the guy. There was a few media things and. So when's training start for you? Um, pretty much right away, man. Like I've got uh, the, the games are in 2016, as you know, and um, so I've got the rest of this year, which isn't mm. much, uh, and all of 2015 to lose the gut, get off the beers. and Yeah. So, so you know you're already in the team? No, 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 no. Trials are started 2016, so I've got a lot of work. I need to make the team first. Yeah, exactly. Um, so I want to get there. Mm. Um, I know what it takes, um, but being older now, injured, um, it's going to take a lot more. What, are, what have you injured? Uh, well, I told well, clearly my... you don't have a leg. What's <laughs> <laughs> the other oh, injury? What's going on? Um, so I tore my subscap uh, and uh, your subscap. A, What's that? Uh, it's the muscle behind the shoulder. Oh, okay. um, and that was just just due to mismanagement. Mm. Um, basically, I kept pushing the injury, and so did the yeah. the. the uh, you got to rest it when you got an injury, huh? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's the idea. Yeah, I'll just claim it on that. Um, but no, look, the injury sort of did me in and I couldn't get the – because my main stroke was butterfly and that just mm. kept tearing. Then I developed a shoulder impingement and mm. I couldn't do butterfly anymore. So yeah. that, that was my stroke and I was done. So mm. with the paratriathlon, um, you know, it's a swim, bike, run. Mm. It's just freestyle. Um, yeah. And I've always liked open water swimming and – Got a running leg, as we've seen in the house, so can't wait to get on that bad boy and give it a smack. Well, you've got an Order of Australia medal. You've got gold medals from the Paralympics. You just want more gold medals from the Paralympics. What else are you setting your goals on? Well, okay, so... Like every housemate, a radio show. (laughs) (laughs) To be famous. Just do a podcast. No one listens to radio anymore. (laughs) Well, um, I think um, what I do with my work, I love my work. So public speaking, that's something that I would always want to do and I'll keep doing. Um, I love, you know, hearing from younger future leaders, you know, the the kids. It's good money too, you know. You go around and do a a corporate speaking gig for someone like Westpac, you earn five, ten, twenty grand. Well, I haven't snagged one of them yet, but I'll definitely start plugging away. Oh, yeah, well, you got to... I'll introduce you to some. There's ICMI, public speaking. Yeah, yeah, Saxton's, up. all those guys. Yeah, hook us Martin, up. Sure. Now, now's the time to strike. Yeah, because you, well. you know you've, you've increased your profile by being on this hugely successful television yeah. program. Yeah, and, and and you know getting out there and talking to the kids and and helping them understand that whatever obstacles stand in your way, yeah, man. you can get past them and achieve greatness. You can 
become a Big Brother housemate. <laughs> well, that was what, what... Stop the gold medal at the Paralympics <laughs> or the Order of Australia medal. You could be a Big Brother housemate. So, totally different experience completely. Um, but, yeah, so get all that cracking. And I like what I do there. Like I, I do a lot of um, speaking uh, on behalf of an organisation called Bully Zero, um, which obviously looks after bullying victims. Um, and what I really like to promote is, you know, don't name and shame. That's just going to, you know, stigmatise the bully even more. Yeah. And it's not going to fix anything. It's just going to, you know... You know, it's just going to escalate it's like the situation. Bullying in a lot of ways. Well, I think what what I like to do is empower the the, the victim. So, um, victim, like you know, empower the person that's being picked on. You know, and, and just teach them about resilience. Mm. You know, just a man up. Mm. Um, realize that it's not you with the problem. Yeah. It's the person who feels little enough to put someone down. That's the person with the real problem. Yeah. So put them aside. Hang out the hang out with the people that like you for you. Speak up. Mm. Um, and that's what I really like to speak How about. How do people there. get you to um, speak at schools and uh, you know or at their organisation if they wanted to get you to do something? Like that. Yeah, yeah. So it's uh, just through my website, which is uh, sambramham.com.au. Uh, that's where all the bookings come through. Yeah. Um, and yeah, we'll book it in and head out there, find out what the, t- the, the teacher in the school won or the council, whatever, mm-hmm. and just tailor it to. And you to got suit. a book out as well. Yeah. Tell us about the book. So um, it was last year. I was approached by uh, well, my manager um, said to me, "Look, there's a company, a firm press, that uh, interested in yourself and two other AFL footy players that they manage too. Um, they want to, you know, come in and, and uh, have a chat about a book." And I'm thinking, look, I'm 26 years old. What am I going to write about? I mean, I've got so much more to do. And I said, look, just come along. You haven't made much money for a while. You've been dead for a while after the Beijing Paralympics. So let's just see what comes out of it. Sat down with them. Um, they said, look, tell us about yourself. And I just went into all the pranks that I pulled for, with the leg and the swimming and the experiences <laughs> and what's <laughs> happened. Did, did a few of them in the house. Yeah, man, absolutely. <laughs> um, and then got a phone call. They said, we want you to write a book. Write us a 70,000-word manuscript about everything. And I mm. said, look, if I'm going to do this, I want to have complete creative control. I don't just want to write about the disability and swimming. I want to mm. write about the highs and lows, uh, mm. success and failure, mm. um, mental health within elite athletes and mm. how that needs to really be rectified. I believe in social development for athletes. Um, they need to be hanging out with mates while they're training. They need to be having that beer. They need a girlfriend or a boyfriend, whatever. Mm. Um, you can't just lock them away because you're just going to burn the candle at both ends. And yeah. we've seen some of our high-end athletes. Um, when they get to get to a point where they actually start to compete, they lose it. Well, that's the thing. Yeah. When, and some of our uh, high-end athletes like, you know, Thorpe and all these guys, these are guys that should be reveling in their post-career success, but they're not. They're, you know, they've got a lot of dramas just because they didn't develop naturally. Um, mm. And it's so hard for them to assimilate back into a normal lifestyle. So it, it's important to have uh, a normal lifestyle around your training schedule absolutely not just make training your life absolutely yeah. you need education um, we had a guy on the team that committed suicide because he found it hard assimilating back into real life there wasn't any support there for him so that's the other thing that I want to do coming out of this is to really uh, look focus on the associations out there that look after the rights and best interests for athletes mm. and just liaising with them making sure they're doing a good job is there yeah. a, a payment plan to help them buy university books just to yeah. make that a little bit easier yeah, yeah. Um, that sort of stuff I love it it's like when uh, I, I guess you look at the uh, Australian Rugby League or the AFL. I mean, they're all about promoting their players to have a trade on the side just in case something happens or have a, uh, a university degree or just something else else to work towards on the side other than poking chicks on Facebook. Nah, yeah, absolutely. And, and it definitely works for them. Do you think um, the whole mental health issue when it comes to uh, being uh, an elite athlete is uh, any different to uh, being a disabled elite athlete? Would it be harder for you? And do you think they'd have more to learn from someone who is a disabled elite athlete? Look, um, you, you're right. Like, 
like there is uh, mental health is mental health. Um, people with disability in some cases are more susceptible to it mm. because they, by social norms, they do look a little bit different in a physical form. Mm. Um, so there's already that sort of stigma around it that, yeah, they might be picked on or stared at and that may cause something else. So, yeah, definitely more susceptible. Um, but it's up to the individual athlete how to manage it and speak up, talk mm. to people, use the resources that are around them because um, it's just going to enhance their career themselves and keep it going for longer. Yeah, definitely. Um, um, well, right. You were uh, born with a, a leg missing. Uh, yeah. What about what about uh, kids who who might have lost a leg uh, due to due to some sort of uh, injury or Accidental disease or, or cancer illness or whatever? Um, how, how do you how do you help approach them and help them deal with it? Well, this is the thing. This is where I'm I'm very lucky. I mean, I was born without my leg. Mum and dad just didn't have sex properly and didn't finish the job, so it's their fault. <laughs> oh, no. I love so, how you can just so blame them. Can, <laughs> I think there's part of it as well. Whenever you've got something that's it might be an issue in your life, you've got to see the lighter side of yeah, it. Absolutely, because you know life is short life goes on and you, you have to enjoy your life and if you Completely. just depression you can just drag you down yeah man absolutely you take it too seriously mm. it's just going to take over um, so I was very lucky I was born um, with my disability so for me that's like being yeah. born as an able-bodied person I don't know any different yeah. I'm constantly asked you know if they could graft a real leg onto your body and make, hook up the nerve endings would you do it I'd say absolutely not because yeah. that'd be foreign to me that'd be weird yeah. um, so the kids uh, I do a lot of work with the Royal Children's Hospital through an organisation called Disability Sport and Rec mm. um, and we go and run sport programs in the Royal Children's Hospital as an alternative mm. form of rehab. Mm. Uh, so you meet kids in there that you know have lost their legs due to cancer, mm. accident, illness. Um, and it's good for the parents too to know that there are support networks out mm. there. So when they leave the hospital, they can go into school and know that there are PT, uh, PE teachers out there mm. that cater for students with a disability. So it's, um, yeah, definitely. I love getting that's involved great, with that man. Give us that website one more time so people can look it up. Uh, that's dsr.org.au. Excellent. Because oh, I worked at the Paralympic Games yeah. in, in Sydney 2000. My dad was the main stadium announcer there. Yeah, cool. Because uh, he works in radio and mm. television as well his whole life. And he uh, he was the one that said, gold to Cathy Freeman of <laughs> Australia on the microphone. How cool is that, man? And, and I just saw these amazing athletes working at the Paralympic Games and, and everything that they would achieve. And there's one guy, I think his name was... Fanny Lombard, you heard of him? Yeah, and and he was uh, he was winning everything in yeah. the track and field, South African athlete, yeah. and uh, I was a big fan of his. And you could hear it on the microphone when I talk him up every time <laughs> he come out into the stadium, and and he sent me his book. From South Africa, you know about about his, uh, you know how everything he's been through and everything that he's achieved and the highs and the lows of being an elite athlete and and being a Paralympian. And uh, in the book, he wrote, "Dear Mike, it's it's not not pronounced Fanny, it's Fanny." <laughs> <laughs> he didn't tell me until after the Paralympic Games. <laughs> yeah, thanks, that man. But, a little um, bit late. There's something that really interested me uh, about the Paralympic Games and the athletic side of things, especially because I was working there. The uh, the technology uh, has come so far. In yeah. um, you know the artificial limbs like like you've got, um, yeah. can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, absolutely. So um, the prosthetic leg that I'm using now, so this is just my day to day leg. Um, I've made it sound like I've got like a dancing leg and whatever. No, it's just the two. <laughs> um, so the one that I use now, um, yeah, it's got a pretty hefty price tag on it, just yeah. because it's a niche market. They can charge whatever they want. Yeah. Um, but there is a high amount of engineering going into it. So it's a fully carbon fiber leg. Um, there's a hydraulic knee joint which is controlled by a computer chip at the bottom. Wow. If I want to walk slowly, I'll step off slowly on my left leg. Um, um, which will register with the chip in the right foot in the prosthetic, which I'm spending more time on it. So it will oh. drain fluid out of the pump and swing through wow. slower. Oh if I w- want to work, walk faster, step Ooh. off faster, pump fluid in, make it tighter. 
with the running leg, that's just like a carbon fiber J, which replicates exactly what a calf does right. um, and springs you forward. It's genius technology, isn't it? And it's come such a long way, leaps and bounds in, over the last yeah. 10 years, hasn't it? Even more fascinating stuff, there's this stuff called artificial intelligence and uh, human augmentation. So basically, we're already augmenting ourselves by getting laser eye surgery, mm. things like that. Um, but there's these things coming out where once they can work out a way to hook it up with your cerebral processing, I mean, these are limbs that you can control, paraplegics that can use machinery to do things for them, mm. quadriplegics, give them full limitation and independence back. Hmm. There's some cool stuff. Do, do you ever think that the uh, the prosthetic legs and arms will supersede what <laughs> we actually have as humans? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. It has to, I guess. And so so do you think maybe in the next you know, 10, 15, 20, 30 years... I'll be superior. That, 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 yeah, you'll be superior. <laughs> and you will terminate everyone around you. And that, it'll be cool. Um, the Paralympic Games will be more of an event that, that you'll watch and go, wow, what technology have they got this year? And, and people will be running as fast as a car. Yeah, and that's the best thing about the Paralympics, like all these different types of dif- disabilities, um, people doing their thing. Um, but yeah, the technology, man, there's so many cool facets to it that it's exciting for people. Just like the game Murder Ball, which is wheelchair rugby. Yeah. Basically, these guys can't tackle conventionally, so they have to just whack into each other in their wheelchairs <laughs> as fast as they can. And so I was at the Athens Paralympics, so I saw this guy come out of his chair, and the spoke popped out of the thing and went through his quad. <gasps> Because he's a paraplegic, couldn't feel his legs. He just pulled the spoke out, kept playing. Oh, my God. So they're nutbags. <laughs> Absolute nutbags. There's a, um, uh, there's a lot of things with the Paralympics as well, because we're not paid, obviously, like the Olympians are. Um, and it's a big hoo-ha at the moment. But my, what I say to the other Paralympians, I'm like, guys, you've got an amazing story here that you can really speak to the world. You're unique from an Olympian. Um, yeah. You can speak about any adversity you've had to overcome and really you know, be an advocate for yourself and people mm. with disability and provide an interesting story to people that want to yeah. hear it. Make your own money. Get out there and pump yourself up. And they do. And that, and that's what you're going to do. Fingers crossed. <laughs> and, and people can get a hold of you at that website again. <laughs> Sambram.com.au. <laughs> you said it too slow. Sambram.com.au. Uh, too fast. You said it too fast. Say it again. <laughs> Sambram.com.au. Perfect. Um, mate, thanks so much for being such an awesome housemate. And thanks, you've been man. such a pleasure to watch and such a great spokesman. I mean, that's why you've won an Order of Australia medal. You're a, a Paralympian. You're an elite athlete. And you're a, gri- a, a guy that kids will look up to. And thanks, man. It's been so, such so great to have you on the show. Thank you. Uh, my pleasure. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. And uh, before you go, tell us your uh, your Twitter so people can uh, get on and follow you and your yep. Instagram and all that stuff. Yep. My Twitter is Sam, or at Sam Bramham. Uh, my Instagram is uh, S Bramham. Um, and uh, yeah, that's the main ones. There's also a Facebook pa- fan page on there as well. So just Sam Bramham Athlete. There it is. Go and like him. Get on it. Because we love him. <laughs> Thanks, man. Appreciate it. Thank you, it. Sammy. The latest to Vic D from the Big Brother house. Catch you next time. See ya. See ya.